Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. And we're going to talk some uh, wrestling here on the podcast uh, with uh, a special group of guys that are going to be joining me here from Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling, which is putting on a show this coming weekend in Elkton, Virginia. And that's uh, that's in my backyard, and that's uh, some some good old some some good professional wrestling in the Shenandoah Valley, which we haven't had any here in quite a while. We've got Preston Quinn and C.W. Anderson, also Chris Marston, joining us here to uh, talk about Mid Atlantic. Also, just talk about the show coming up and other shows. Guys, thanks for joining us here on the show. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having thanks. us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yes, so, sir. Yeah, well, I don't know who who wants to start with this, but tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling and, um, you know, a little bit about the history and also kind of the, you know, the modus operandi. What, 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 what's got you in this and wanting to do, uh, you know, shows here, uh, not throughout, just here in the area, but also throughout Virginia and throughout the Mid-Atlantic? Basically, um, instead of trying to be better than what's already out there, we wanted a company that would be an alternative to, and that's kind of been our, yeah, that's kind of been our slogan. The whole, the whole way is we want to go after those fans that have been disenfranchised with modern day wrestling. We want to bring back the emotion of wrestling over the motion of it. You know, right now wrestling is a lot of moves. It's a lot of amazing acrobatic moves, but there's not a lot of feeling behind it anymore. There's not a lot of character there's not um, those things that made people want reach and help that guy that was in the ring and they, they just felt connected to him. And there's, it's a lot of, of movement on TV today and not a lot of connection. And we really wanted to get back to fans being emotionally driven to come out to the events and support or boo the people that they were there for. And those are the things that were missed, the good guys against the bad guys. And, and some say, you know, they say kayfabe is dead, but it's not dead to kids. It's not dead to, you know, younger teens that can look at some of these guys and be like, you know what? I'm not so sure that guy is a character. I think that guy really is as crazy as he portrays himself to be. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just trying to bring back a little bit of legitimacy, a little bit of a little bit of that old school feel, so that uh, so that a kid's dad or granddad can look at him and say, "This is the wrestling I remember. This is really cool." You know, that's what I mean. I'm 50 years old, and I still I love going to a live show and forgetting that I'm supposed to know what's going on. And if and if the show is good enough, and if the you know if the wrestlers are good enough and doing their job right, you forget. And you're just, you just, I want to know, I want to see where you're, where you're, where you're taking me. So that was Preston Quinn, CW, tell me your thoughts on uh, what you guys are doing here. Preston and I are basically cut from the same cloth. Me being an Anderson and Preston being trained by my tag brother, Pat Anderson. We share the same similarities, the same values. And I say this all the time. And you heard him say it earlier, the emotion over motion. A lot of that from wrestling is gone now. A lot of the fans want to be in on the joke. A lot of the fans want to be part of the show instead of just sitting there paying their hard-earned money. And like you said, Chris, just being lost in the moment for three hours. That's where Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling comes in is we want to be those people. Like it was in the 80s when Preston and I were little and you were little. You know, 
Preston's not quite 50 yet. I'm 52. So we know what it was like growing up in the 80s, watching when professional wrestling was all about emotion and all about getting the fans involved. And Preston's first two shows were home runs with that because the first show drew over 700 people and they were screaming from the time the bell rang from the first match until it rang uh, for the finish of his main event. And it was the same like that when we were in uh, Chester a few weeks ago. They were loud from the time the bell rang to the time the Rock and Roll, or I can't say Rock and Roll Express, it was Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton pinned me in the main event and they were on their feet the entire time. That's what's missing from professional wrestling today is the guys today are tremendous athletes, tremendous acrobatics, but I think a lot has been lost with the feel of what professional wrestling is. It's more sports entertainment than it is professional wrestling because you look at our roster and, you know, my friend New Jack used to say all this all the time, we're professional wrestlers, we're not sports entertainers because if you step in the ring with us, you're going to see if you get entertained. And that's what having grown men on our roster looks like. You step in the ring with us, you're not going to be entertained. Chris Marston has been involved uh, on the promotional end of things, marketing end of things for several years uh, with shows across the Valley and, and across the state of Virginia. And Chris is, uh, like me, a, a University of Virginia alum. So, Chris, tell me, what, what got you involved uh, from, from your end, your standpoint, uh, and being involved in, in, in helping with, uh, with shows in the way you have the last several years? As a kid, I saw Jimmy Valiant uh, as an eight-year-old kid, and he took a 65-year-old woman who was knitting for five matches, um, and she screamed like a teenager was screaming at the Beatles when they got off the plane heading into New York City. I mean, it was nuts. And then when his match with Ivan Koloff was over, she put her, she got her knitting back out and knitted during a Steamboat Ric Flair match at Harrisonburg High School. Um, I've told that story many, many times. Uh, and to see that emotion from old people, young people is something that's driven me to do this for the last 20 some odd years. Ever since that's, I think, I think that's how you and I met, uh, Chris Graham, uh, was working on shows throughout the Valley. Um, and I've gone down to Virginia beach and that's where I met Preston. Um, and through Preston, I met CW and it's, slowly built to the point where it never really it was never really getting any traction what Preston wants to do and it's gotten the traction and I think now the, the ship is ready and I think the wrestling fans are ready for it more than anything now there is a there is a need for this type of wrestling nowadays I've been told for the longest time by a good friend of mine Jack Vigory that territory wrestling would bring back wrestling like it should be that's the only thing that can be saved wrestling is territories. And Preston has got the jump on that. You know, he's talked about this for years. As long as he and I have you know, known each other in the past few years, he and I have been tagging. He's been kind of slowly hinting at that, and he went ahead and pulled the trigger because now's better time than any. So, Preston, you're, you're, this is your baby. Uh, tell us, tell the listeners um, a little bit about your background in wrestling. When, you know, when you started training, when you first broke in as a professional, that kind of thing. Give us some of your background. Uh, I went straight into training school as soon as I graduated high school, 18 years old. My trainer, as CW said, was Pat Anderson. And Pat Anderson was Ivan Koloff trained. So my lineage is Koloff Anderson. I was the only person to ever graduate from his school. Everybody else quit because he was a beast. He just 
decimated us, but there was nothing he could have done that would have made me not be a professional wrestler. It's all I ever, between that or football and the football program at my school wasn't very good. So it was wrestling. And uh, ever since then, it's been, you know, that's all I ever wanted. And I, and I wanted it to be the way that it was when I was watching, right? I, I mean, I watched WWF, but just because it was wrestling, but I lived WCW. I lived the NWA. Um, so those things, yeah, especially when WCW got bought out, that really took a lot of steam out of me. Um, I didn't want, I, I never wanted to work really for Vince or any, you know, any, anybody like that. It wasn't the style that, that I grew up on and that, that style hasn't been around since then, but you always hear people, right? You always hear the people that talk about it. And that's just what I've always modeled myself after. So if you ever look anywhere in my career, you'll see even there's videos out there of my tryout before I actually got trained and I'm using the same moves that I use now the spine buster, the pile driver, and they're executed almost the exact same way. It's just, I'm the wrestler that I wanted to see when I was out in the crowd. And being in the Anderson lineage, I couldn't have asked for better because I modeled myself after Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. And it just, I just miss talking people into the seats, the promo heavy shows that meant something dusty Rhodes came out there and gave you everything he had on the mic the horsemen came out there and and gave you what they had on the mic and and man by the time all those guys were done talking i'm looking at my mom going mom i need a ticket to norfolk scope because dusty Rhodes is taking on telly blanchard you know <laughs> and i didn't know as a kid that they were fighting each other across the entire loop i thought what i was going to see was going to be something special and um I kind of want to, I, I feel like wrestling needs that again. Now I feel, I feel like people need to want to go to house shows again because the upper guys have abandoned. And, and if it's not on TV, they make it feel like it's not important where I want to go opposite. I want the TV to tell you to go to the house shows because that's where you're going to see the big deal. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's pretty, I know that's not really a history on what I've done in the ring because I've, I haven't done anything more than, you know, any good indie guy, I've been to Ring of Honor and I've been to, you know, TNA and I've done those things. But I chose when my time came, whether I should go national or not, I chose to raise my daughters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I've never regretted that. But this is what I feel like that I was intended to do in wrestling was to introduce a whole new generation of fans to what wrestling was supposed to be and bring it back to the people that were alienated. So I think that this is what I was intended to do. The, the one thing people won't take away from Preston, from, you know, Preston, like you said, he wasn't on TV, he, like, because he chose to raise his daughters, but you're talking about a student of the game. And I tell this story a lot as, 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 you know, we joke about it, but I didn't grow up a wrestling fan. It, it took me till I was 14 to become a wrestling fan. Everybody knew that I was a baseball prodigy. And when baseball got taken away from me, I got into wrestling. Preston, his entire life, wanted to be a professional wrestler. So, he and I, as a tag team, watch matches, call each other, come up with different ways of doing certain things that worked in the 80s. So one night I'm watching Ric Flair and Bobby Eaton work, and Bobby does something, and I call him, and I was like, man, I'm watching Flair and Bobby 
uh, when Bobby does a certain move and he goes, is this whatever slamboree or whatever? And it's the, the, there's a black kid in the crowd with a yellow t-shirt with a kid and play high fade on. And I went, yeah, did you just watch that match? He's like, no, no, I'm just remembering from 20 some years ago. He said, you just keep watching. He's going to do this and this and this. And I'm a damn if he sure didn't. I was like, <laughs> you are like, it's like an idiot savant when it comes to him because he does not lose knowledge when it comes to these wrestling matches and he's able to pull this stuff back from 20 some years ago. And I rely heavily on that to, to, you know, when we're going over matches and stuff like that. So that's what he brings to the table with mid Atlantic is his knowledge and love of professional wrestling that he has just never forgot the matches, the shows and, and everything like that. So that's everything he's lived his entire life is for these moments so he can put it out and give it back to the fans to make new wrestling fans and to the ones that have lost the love of professional wrestling to fall in love with professional wrestling again, because there's a lot of us in the business like myself, when ECW folded and I went to Japan and then so many years, I just lost my love. And especially when I got fired from WWE, I lost my love for professional wrestling. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I fell in love with it again. And here I am in my 30th year and tagging with him and our second run and things like that have made me love professional wrestling again. And that's what Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling is going to do for the fans when they come is make you love wrestling again. So for you guys as wrestlers and then also as I mean promoters and, and help and, and putting the show together, bookers, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm sure when you wrestle your, your tag matches, um, if you work with younger guys, I mean, you can also be mentors in the ring for those guys. You hear that a lot that, you know, the 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 generation that's been around for a while helps train the, the younger guys. So they do it right, too. Could you talk to me about that aspect of, of what you do as well? CW, you go. You can start that one. <laughs> we we try a lot. There's a lot of good tag teams that we've wrestled with, the younger tag teams. Um, we just lost the titles to BK Westbrook and Eric Royer, who's a good tag team out of the the uh, Greensboro area that were trained by CWF guys that we know quite well. Um, you know, we wrestled Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, not too long ago. Then these younger guys that want to learn, we help. Now, there's a lot of guys that you hear about that don't think they can be taught. There's the ones we don't mess with. Um, we've wrestled some really younger guys and mentored a few of them, Chris Phoenix being one over the past few years, one of my students, Victor Andrews, is the same way that we've mentored to bring up that want to learn that. They want to learn this style. And they, that's why they ask us all these questions. And we've learned to weed out the ones that think they already know it all. But for the most part, we've run into some really good young talent around here. And man, where do you see the roster of Mid-Atlantic with guys you've never really heard of and guys you've kind of heard of that are monsters in the ring and, go, and are fantastic professional wrestlers? And that's what we want to do because, again, my 30th year, his, I guess, 29th, 28th, we want to leave this business better than what we found. It has been our motto for the longest time because we know we're in the short rows as it is for our career. Sure, sure. Where do you find the talents? Preston, where do you, where do you guys find the, uh, the, the guys and maybe the gals too to, to be part of the shows? Uh, maybe it's not as hard as, as some fans out there might think. Um for the most part, just our journeys, you know, and, and, and me and CW have hosted a number of seminars. Uh, and so we, we were able to see talent in those seminars. And, and that's what we encourage people because yeah, I realize there's a lot of guys out there to use seminars as a money grab. We never really charge a lot for our seminars because for us, 
it was always about talent acquisition for AML, which is a company we hold near and dear to us that have helped us make Mid-Atlantic Territory Wrestling. The guys, Tracy Myers, the owner, Brian Hawks is the booker. They're out of Winston-Salem. They run WrestleCade every year. AML is a big deal. And they basically told us, avoid these, these obstacles. Do this. Don't do that. This is how we learned it, blah, blah, blah. And they had us come out of the box firing on all cylinders, you know, 700 people and the light lighting was right and everything. That's all because they taught us and we listened to them. We also did the seminars for them to find talent and for us to find talent. So picking and choosing from there, picking and choosing from being on the road and seeing guys. And just like with football, I've always had an eye to be able to look at a guy and say, that guy would be good at this, whether he knows it or not. And that's drawing also from my history of professional wrestling with mid Atlantic. I always have an old wrestler in mind and I, and I find a guy that's like him. So there's obvious ones like Ace Montana is Dusty Rhodes and Doug Delicious is Rick Rude and stuff like that. But then there's not so obvious ones like the Tar Dynasty being the Freebirds. And, you know, and I have these roles and I think of these old angles that all those guys were in. And I can redo these angles with tweaks so that the old fans can go, oh, my God, that's like this. And the new fans look at it and go, oh, my God, that's just blowing my mind that the storyline is that deep. So that's kind of how it is. There's guys out there that I'm not looking for the guys that are giving me the Meltzer five-star matches. I'm looking for the guys that are going to sell tickets to X group of people. This age group likes this guy. The old ladies like this guy, right? I need all those things yeah. on, on the show. Yeah. So that's what I look for. So when we were talking, we talked the other night for our listeners out there, we, we uh, the, the guys and I had a chat the other night uh, and I learned a little bit more about what you guys are doing. So you, you, I think you've mentioned here, uh, you've had a couple of shows already. Um, you've, you've got your feet wet uh, from the promotional standpoint. Uh, let's talk about the show coming up on Saturday night, April 1st and what you have in store for fans uh, in Elkton, Virginia. Let's let Chris do. Chris is our guy up there, so let's let him talk about that a little bit. Um, when Preston uh, approached me several years ago about joining this team, I, uh, I wanted to run fundraisers uh, for groups up in the Valley and bring wrestling the way he's talking about it back to the Valley. Um, and the show in Elkton on April 1st, is a fundraising effort for the Elkton Blue Sox, uh, which is a, a team with the uh, Rockingham County Baseball League. Um, they're based in Elkton, Virginia, right there. Their, their field is about a half a mile from where we're going to be having the show. Uh, and the second group that we're doing it is for is the West Luray Recreation Center. Uh, it's a, a center here in Luray that's near and dear to my heart. It's volunteer run. Um, it's an after-school program provides mentorship, um, a computer lab. Uh, there's a weight, uh, weight and fitness center down in the basement. It's all run on volunteer basis. Um, so the, those two organizations have wor- opened their, their hearts to us and said, hey, yes, you can support us if you want to, if you will. And I went to Preston and said, hey, let's do this. And um, we've created a show. Um, I feel that's beneficial to both the baseball team and the, and the rec center. We've got little kids and we've got high school and college level uh, baseball players that are going to be in attendance that we're supporting. And they're looking forward to the event themselves. 
And we've got people that support those two groups that are going to be in attendance as well. So it's like a grassroots effort of trying to rebuild professional wrestling the way Preston wants to see it here. Um, it's the same idea that I have. Um, I'll let him talk about the, the, the matches themselves. Um, But the event itself is, is I'm really excited about it. It's one of six that we're going to have up in Elkton for those two groups running it all year through the end of November. All of those events are going to benefit those two groups. So, and they're all going to be linked um, storyline wise. So that's exciting too. Great. Great. Yeah. So Preston, give us a rundown of the, of the card if you could, and um, you know, give us a sense of some of the storylines that are being developing here as, I like, I like the idea of, of tying all the shows together so that it'll be consistent for the fans who come out. Yeah. So uh, main event-wise, we're bringing back uh, a hometown guy that has had great indie success and is actually very good wrestling, Brandon Day. Um, Brandon's going to be taking on Doug Delicious in the main event. Uh, that is a battle of two veterans that look like men, that are built like men, that are going to wrestle like uh, that's that's what that comes down to. Um, I, remember, I remember CW talking about that the other night. You know, yeah, your, your locker room is full of guys who actually look like who, who look yeah, like they're they, men, who look like guys you wouldn't want to mess with, basically. Yes, the guy <laughs> in the second row is not going to want to fight any of us. <laughs> um, the extreme horsemen, me, myself, and CW were taking on a couple of guys from Jordy England, the Jordy Bulldogs. They are legitimate. Everybody asked, yes, they are legitimately, they did come from England. Um, so that, you know, that's, uh, they're a veteran team. They've been around their former AML world tag champions, just like we are. So that should be, that should be a nice, uh, a nice solid tag match between two established teams that have been on the circuit for over 20 years. Um, let's see, we've got the Tar dynasty, another tag match, uh, Dustin and Chris Tar will be taking on the real life freaks, the freaks though oddball in nature as far as the way they look actually are two very accomplished in-ring performers they just want to be different you know they want to get noticed in a way of we've got these awkward masks and and whatnot so the tar those, you can't, those you can't judge a book by its cover because like you said they do look odd but they can, yeah. <laughs> they can work uh, the Tar Dynasty, they're, they're basically like I called them the free birds um, I'm not sure that's exactly accurate as far as how I portray them or how they work in the ring, but because they're a three man unit, it's actually three of them. Uh, that that's what, that's where the free bird, you know, similarity comes in. Um, let's see, we've got uh, the Syrian assassin, Vasiri Hassan, who's like our most hated guy. Uh, he's going to be taking on a legit uh, U S paratrooper codename flex is his name. Uh, so you got the big USA versus Syria thing going on. That should be a, a nice natural uh, good guy versus bad guy effect there. We've got our Dusty Roads coming in. Ace Montana is going to be taking on the playboy Alex Bryant. from. He comes from South Carolina. Alex Bryant's a great up-and-coming young kid. Got a, a chiseled physique on him, but Ace Montana is a load, buddy. And he has nothing but a ball of charisma. And uh, – so I know there's uh, Ivan Ali. Ivan, oh God, the two big guys. Holy moly. The Golden Gladiator, Anthony Athens, taking on Ivan Ali. And, and Athens is probably six foot, six one, 
And I got to say, he's got to be a solid 250, 260. Ivan Ali is probably what six foot six, six five, probably. Six, six. And he's yeah, I just with him not too long. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's got to be around the two eighty mark. And those that's going to be a couple of big men slapping some heavy meat in there. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah. Don't you have uh, Victor Andrews and Sean Cruz? Not not for that. That's that's the oh. return May thirteenth. Okay. No, Vic and Sean were up in West Virginia for that show. I got you. So what's the bell oh, yeah. time for the show? Oh, uh, was, I no, was I cutting uh, you off? Do you have more matches to tell me about? No, wrestling? no, no, no. That was it. It was all six. But the bell time is going to be a special bell time for this one because of WrestleMania. So the yes. bell time is five o'clock. Mm-hmm. We'll get y'all out of there around seven so you can go home and watch WrestleMania. If hey, that's a great, out. that's a great way to start the night, right? Yeah. If you're not wore out from us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that'd be you know, and and plus the first couple matches, first few matches on WrestleMania on Saturday night. You know, yeah. they're throwaways anyway. They're, they're the popcorn matches. So, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll record it. That'll be come down from the high of the show Saturday night you guys are putting on. And then, you know, they'll be ready for the show. The, the match is around 10 o'clock or so. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there'll be there'll be some things that'll happen on the first that will link it to the return May 13th. And we'll have tickets available for May 13th at, at the show this weekend. So if they see, you know, they see something they want to see, you know, the culmination of on the next event, they can go ahead and get their tickets right there. How's interest been so far? Maybe I should ask this to Chris, uh, since you're the local guy, what's, what's the interest been so far from local fans? There's a lot of talk. Um, now in Luray, Harrisonburg, Elkton Grottoes, all the surrounding, that's opening day for little league. So we're running against that. Uh, but we do have some kids that wanted to come, after their 11, 12, 1 o'clock Little League games, after they had opening day there. Um, I'm anxious to see. Um, I'm not expecting 700 because I don't think I could put 700 in that gym. It would be nice to have 700 trying to get into that gym. Then we'd move it to the other one and be be great. But um, I'm looking for a modest crowd. Uh, you know, a couple 300 would be great. Uh, that's what I'm anticipating. And yeah, and, and just build from there, right? Yep. You, you already have the, the the next show scheduled for May 13th, it sounds like. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, other shows coming up the rest of the year. So that's a, you know, for fans who, and the buzz can build from the first show. Uh, I'm yep. sure that the folks who come out for that first show can help spread the word for the future shows for you guys. That's what we're banking on. Because we, we know that if we can get in somewhere where they'll give us time, we can build an audience. Because our show, we know how good our shows are. So we know we, we really feel like that Elkton could become one of those little secret strongholds that you can always fall back on and know that you're going to pull like 500 people, you know, each time you go or whatever. Yeah. We think we can easily build to that. That's a central good central location of Harrisonburg, uh, Stanton, Waynesboro. I mean, even mm-hmm. for the over the mountain, Charlottesville is not too far away. Um, so you can pull in from an area there where Chris is up in Luray and and uh, Page County, Shenandoah County, that area. So that's a, it's a good central location, good, good, easy access to the interstate and 33 and everything else. So that shouldn't be so bad. Um, maybe as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I should let the tag team who's going to be in the, you know, the tag team main event, it sounds like. Either you guys want to cut a promo on your opponents so that we can, you know, get get to get the word out there before, uh, you know, if this is the go-home show, uh, you, you know, let's, let's, let's put some butts in seats here, guys. Look at him putting us on the spot, CW. No, right. Uh, all right. This is how this is how we do it, right? The camera just gets cut on. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we come all the way out there. Jordy Bulldogs, you've been talking about America's a 400-year failed experiment. It's going to be 1776 all over again. You step in that squared circle with Preston Quinn, C.W. Anderson, the extreme horseman. Full-blooded Anderson trained right here. If we got to rip your arm off and beat you with it, that's exactly what we'll do. Tell them, C.W. Jordy Bulldogs, we know what it's like when you step in the ring with us because we see you shaking in your boots. We can actually feel it right now. So this Saturday night, the shaking will not stop until I shotgun super kick one of you across the ring and pin you for one, two, three. See you soon, boys. Don't come looking for us. We'll be looking for you. That's going to do it right there, folks. I'm going to let that be the last word. Well, well, Preston Quinn, C.W. Anderson, Chris Marston, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with the show this coming weekend. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Thank Chris. you guys.